Share Care, helping you. Get younger, get guidance, get better care, get smart, get fit. Radio MD presents Share Care Radio with Daria Long Gillespie, MD. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Dr. Daria. Now, last week we talked about some of the mental aspects of infertility, and today we're really going to talk about it from a medical standpoint. Now, from my perspective, in the last six months, I've had two close girlfriends go through IVF, in vitro fertilization themselves. And it was really eye-opening for me to see them. These were successful successful women who have led really great lives. They've been able to really succeed in everything else they've done and then had encountered infertility and had to go through this process. And it was amazing that so much we can do nowadays and how many myths and misconceptions there were about fertility and infertility. So I really wanted to dive into that today to kind of open the curtain, clear the mist, and get some practical science-based medical advice. Now, I'm not alone today. To help me, I have board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Monica Diaz. Now, she's a physician at Medical City Hospital in Dallas, Texas, and she specializes in caring for pregnant women, annual women's exams, gynecological issues, infertility, and surgery. Monica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Daria. I really am just so excited to have you talk about some of the misconceptions out there because it seems like anytime you look on the internet or listen to the TV, somebody else has some new advice out there, a solution for fertility, and a lot of things that just are plain wrong. So let's start with some of the most common things. You know, are there physical ways to truly increase your fertility and chances of becoming pregnant? You know, I think I, I one of the pieces of advice that I give to my patients, you know, in general is... To, to physically be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, true. you know, I don't, I think we all hear these myths about, you know, whether or not you can increase your chances of having a uh, boy or a girl, depending on sexual position or timing <laughs> relative to ovulation or, you know, all of these things, you know, so as far as, you mm-hmm. know, increasing your fertility, I think one of the best things you can do physically is to be physically healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I always yes. tell my patients that I think uh, a menstrual cycle is almost like a, a, a fifth vital sign. You know, you take your blood pressure and mm. heart rate and your temperature. Mm-hmm. But I consider your menstrual cycle to be very much of a vital sign as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my yeah. patients, you know, if you're not having a um, cyclic period mm-hmm. uh, once monthly between 21 and 35 days, um, then there could be a reason behind that. And one mm-hmm. of the number one reasons is a lack of ovulation. And the lack of ovulation mm-hmm. is one of the number one reasons for infertility. Um, so I think, you know, mm-hmm. physically maintaining good health. Um, so that's kind of two separate issues in, in, or multiple issues there. So being physically healthy, especially being physically healthy before you get pregnant, I know that is a predictor of how healthy you will be during the pregnancy and weight gain and complications. So that's so important to really optimize your health even before you're pregnant. But you're saying also that it can be a sign. So if you're considering, you know, getting, being pregnant sometime in the future, but your periods aren't regular, it's a sign that maybe there's something else going on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, 35% of women who have infertility will actually have uh, a lack of ovulation secondary to polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so common and the, now. And yes, and that kind of circles back to, you know, being in good health, being physically fit. A lot of uh, lack of ovulation or anovulation is, can be driven by weight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes yes. being overweight, sometimes even by five or ten pounds, um, can throw us into a lack of ovulation. Mm-hmm. Because itself, the fat cells themselves have a hormone effect as well, hormonal effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that conversion to hormone confuses your body, confuses mm-hmm. your, your ovaries, and it's almost like taking exogenous uh, hormone. And yeah. so, they, you know, you're not in a cyclic pattern, you don't mm-hmm. ovulate, um, and therefore you don't become pregnant or you have and a harder time becoming pregnant. I really want to highlight what you just said there. Sometimes it's as little as five to 10 pounds. We're not Absolutely. telling people they have to revamp, you know, and change your life and do something drastic. Sometimes it's just a very small amount. But I love that. If you are having difficulties with cycles and you're thinking about getting pregnant, check, you know, talk to your doctor and make sure you bring that up with them. That's very helpful. Moving on to kind of a similar topic along the lines of cycles is, you know, scheduling, you know, trying to predict your schedules for fertility. I know women who, when they're in that stage of trying to get pregnant by the sixth or seventh month, they're doing the, they're peeing on the sticks and trying to time it and putting it on the calendar. And trying to read it. And who can read uh, those lines? Is one darker? Is one lighter? Exactly. Yep. Um, what are your tips around that schedule when you're trying to get pregnant? One of the things that I absolutely love, you know, we, we have to take advantage of what we have, uh, technology, um, especially uh, apps on smartphones. I love them. Mm-hmm. One of the, the, when my patients come for pregnancy planning, um, a couple of things that I tell them, and, and number one is, let's get an app. Let's see what's actually <laughs> happening with your cycle. So let's, you're saying there's an app for that? Oh, absolutely. And and, okay. and there are, I mean, you, you can go to the app store and, and type in menstrual mm-hmm. calendar, um, and you'll get a ton of, of free applications. I think one I used to use personally is, is in particular, free menstrual calendar. I don't <laughs> advocate one over the other, but I think having a calendar and keeping track of your period. So, you know, I mm-hmm. tell them, let's, let's know what your cycle is doing. Let's know what your cycle mm-hmm. interval is. And these mm-hmm. apps are great. They will let you put in your cycle. It'll, the app will let you tell it what your cycle interval is, or if you put in several cycles, the first day of several cycles, it will actually calculate Start the cycle predict. interval for you, right? It'll begin oh, to, wow. pre- to predict mm-hmm. and in turn predict your uh, ovulation. Mm-hmm. And so it's great. And I, and I always like for my patients to be relaxed about, as, as relaxed about their fertility <laughs> as they can be. You, you alluded to having a discussion, I yes. think, previously about the emotional aspects of infertility mm-hmm. um, and, and that stress I think plays a big role. Sometimes if I can just get patients to relax, you know, they've been fighting and and fighting the battle of their fertility and then they finally Mm -hmm. relax and and unexpectedly they popped up pregnant. You know, oh, I forgot about trying and and I suddenly became pregnant. And I I think a lot of those stress hormones have a lot to do with it. But it's so true, but it's so easier said than done. I remember with our first first child, I was stressed about it because it was something I spent, you know, 15 years of my life trying not to get pregnant and now I was trying to and I remember my my husband said something about chilling out I remember telling him uh, there was like there's specific rules of things you should never tell your wife and that is one of them one that you look fat and two that you need to chill out about getting pregnant like (laughs) never no work so I'm not gonna work so easier said than done but you're right there is a link there between you know how stressed you are about it and chances and difficulty getting pregnant so absolutely absolutely but yes so so a menstrual calendar is always one of the easy things to do. And so I tell them, you know, just very casually keep track of your cycles mm-hmm. and, you know, use the app. 
definitely optimize intercourse on those days that it indicates that you could be ovulating. If mm-hmm. you want to be certain, because certainly the app is not, it's not perfect. It's not testing any chemical levels. It's not guaranteeing that you're potentially ovulating around that time. I always tell them, you know, be relaxed, keep track, you know, time to intercourse around your ovulation. And if you want to confirm the timing that your app seems to be indicating to you, mm-hmm. then go to the store and buy an ovulation kit and pl- mm-hmm. pick one, pick one that seems like it's going to be easy to read, right? Yeah. We can find mm-hmm. one that's, a, you know, positive, negative, you know, as opposed to reading the two vague lines that are mm-hmm. similar in color. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's kind of ideal. But I like to start simply. Mm-hmm. Um, for my patients, yeah, and for my patients that are, you know, starting to approach 35, 36, and have not conceived or maybe if it you know they are not thinking about having another child right away but know that they have future fertility desires um i definitely say look let's start thinking about checking your ovarian reserve let's mm-hmm. look at your anti-mullerian hormone level or your amh level which can be a marker of mm-hmm. uh egg reserve and let's see what that looks like you know mm-hmm. you yeah you talked about, and, and this was very much true for my husband and I as well, you know, I had a lot of plans. I had, you know, mm-hmm. college and medical school and, you know, yep. we live in an age of, of you know, career-driven women or, you know, focused on things outside of the home, and I, I love that. I love that about our mm-hmm. society today, but it also delays our childbearing. Right. It's um, really changing the demographic. It really, really mm-hmm. is. Um, so, you know, I just, I think as we begin to approach that stage, you know, some of us are in relationships, some of us are, mm-hmm. are, are not, some of us yeah. are married, some of us aren't, some of us, you know, are, but we know that we may want children in the future. And yeah, so and think- Monica, I love that point. And you just, you just mentioned what you said, I'm literally going to take your advice and take it to one of my girlfriends because she is at that point of trying to decide, do I need to start having a child now, even though I'd rather wait a year or two, or can I wait? But so you're saying if you're at that age, you know, go check your ovarian reserve, get an AMH level check, and you can really get an idea of how much window you have left. I think so. I mean, the thing now, the thing that you have to keep in mind, and this is what I always tell my patients, we can check your AMH level. I can look at your ovarian reserve. It is mm-hmm. a snapshot of right sure. now. Mm-hmm. Of course. That's not to say what things are. So it, it mm-hmm. may look like we have good ovarian reserve today. I can't say that that's going to be the same mm-hmm. in six months or in 12 mm-hmm. months. Um, yes. But, you know, I think certainly if the ovarian reserve is low, um, then we need to start having a very serious conversation about right. do we need to think about maybe, you know, um, you know, ovarian stimulation and, and right. egg retrieval and egg freezing because that I mean, option other is options. there. Mm-hmm. There are. And that's the beautiful thing today is that there are so many options. Absolutely. Now, uh, you mentioned ovarian stimulation, uh, kind of switching gears a little bit along, but along those lines, what about, and we're talking today about myths and misconceptions around fertility. What about all those old wives myths about things that can, foods that can increase your fertility. Everybody has a great aunt Gertrude who told them that X, <laughs> X recipe, if you drink it, will make you fertile. It will make you fertile. Gosh, I wish that were true, right? <laughs> if we could find whatever that perfect recipe is, we could market it and then we could all be done. I could, <laughs> I could be retired. Yes, exactly. Um, you, you would not be here right now. You'd be on some island exactly. with yes. delivering mm-hmm. babies there, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yes, no, I mean, there is, you know, I, I think this, kind of circles back to, you know, being healthy in general. Um, there isn't any, you know, one particular uh, food that I would advocate that people eat to increase their fertility. There are things I would advise people not to do mm-hmm. to not lower their fertility. 
Right. And what are those? Um, so, you know, I, I think your previous guest talked about the uh, benefits of uh, coffee, um, mm-hmm. you know, but I think to a certain extent we have to be careful with not going overboard with our, our caffeine intake. Um, oh, there, I know. There, there are some so anecdotes. Sad. There are some studies out there that can indicate that there perhaps can be an increased risk of miscarriage with, um, you know, high caffeine use. And we're talking, you know, six grams. We're talking way more than just, you know, a 12-ounce cup of coffee a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So are you saying for, is it just at a risk at higher levels? Or if a woman's trying to get pregnant, should she keep under two cups? Or is there any knowledge about the lower levels? Yeah, I think definitely I would say let's keep under two cups. Let's Mm -hmm. just, let's optimize our chances. Um, you know, and in mm-hmm. pregnancy, I always kind of advocate that my patients don't have more than, you know, a, a single caffeinated beverage a day. It's mm-hmm. not a bad right. idea to start getting into the habit even before you conceive. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, diminishing, you know, alcohol intake, um, not mm-hmm. smoking. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to put any uh, cellular damage mm-hmm. on your body. Yeah. Um, and I think circling back even, too, to a lack of ovulation and uh, being healthy and being at an optimal weight and encouraging ovulation is, you know, making sure that we're not eating a type of diet that's going to put us into a uh, insulin resistant or pre-diabetic right. or borderline diabetic, you know, category. Mm-hmm. And I think if exactly. you're trying to lose, you know, five or 10 pounds or 10% of your body weight to improve your ovulation, you know, trying to watch, you know, carbohydrate and refined sugar intake is, is yes. very smart. Those, the more we learn about sugar and refined carbs, the more we have reasons not to be eating them. Exactly. Sad, sad in some points, but it, this is really helpful. And you mentioned smoking and alcohol. And of course, you, you know, we know if you're pregnant, you should not be, that alcohol exposure can be damaging. But tell us Absolutely. about the fertility, if there's a fertility impact of alcohol pre-pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, there are not, uh, there's not any particular, um, you know, widespread study. I think, mm-hmm. to me, the alcohol intake goes along with, um, you know, just the, the caffeine intake forming mm-hmm. forming good habits, habits. Uh, mm-hmm. before. But I, I definitely think fertility specialists will tell you, you know, let's, you know, let's just have as clean of a eating lifestyle mm-hmm. and co- consumption lifestyle as we can before we try to conceive and yes. not taking in anything that creates... Uh, cellular damage. Mm-hmm. The cleaner the better. Now, moving from, you know, it's always is always the female's problem. And, you know, if you're pregnant, you've got to cut out the alcohol and the caffeine and all these things. But infertility is not always only a female issue. Absolutely it's a male not. issue as well. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, certainly it's it's funny when my patients come in to get their infertility workup and my uh, couples come in and I, I tell them, um, you know, the husband sort of, in my opinion, gets off a little bit easy. There's one test that he needs. It's a semen analysis. Yeah, I think you it's know. fair to say that in all things pregnancy, the husbands get off a little bit easy. You so. know, I, you know, at, at the risk of sounding, you know, reversely discriminatory, I have to say, I think they get off just a little bit easy with this one. Yeah. Um, but I always tell them, you know, there are things that you can do certainly to optimize um, you know, your sperm count. I mean, there are things mm-hmm. you certainly, again, shouldn't do, right? So um, avoid, um, you know, boxer briefs are great. Don't wear, you know, anything constricting, mm-hmm. you know, tight underwear. Sort of stay away from the proverbial tidy whities mm-hmm. uh, And, um, you know, avoiding hot temperatures, not getting into saunas or, um, you know, steam rooms, avoiding hot tubs, avoiding hot temperatures, which can, uh, you know, kill sperm. 
Hmm. Um, what about putting know, your computer on your lap? Absolutely. You know, that's funny that you say that. I actually had a couple that they were having a fertility issue. He had a semen analysis. He had a low sperm count. We had this discussion. He's you know, saying to me, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a drinker. I wear boxers. I take a multivitamin every single day. And I said, well, you know, do you have any type of heat exposure? You know, no, no, I don't. And as it turns out, he was in IT and he was spending <laughs> his evenings all evening long with a laptop on his lap that was generating heat. And when wow. he stopped doing that, I had him, you know, let's not do that. Let's give it, you know, a good, you know, month to three months, let's repeat your semen analysis. And we did, and it came back normal, and they conceived spontaneously. So, you know, absolutely, you know, avoid heat exposure. And that does include the laptop on the lap. And so how many of us at the end of a day, after after everybody goes to bed, you're sitting there with your computer on your lap or is sitting in bed and typing? Does that affect women at all? I'm assuming the ovaries are deep enough inside that the heat doesn't affect them. Yeah, I I don't know of any studies that indicate that that would affect Mm -hmm. uh, ovarian uh, function. Mm -hmm. Um, Good to know. I think we might be safe with that. Although, you know, (laughs) it's always nice to leave the work at work and not bring it into the bedroom. (laughs) I generally try to have that philosophy. Uh, Yes, agreed. Especially into the bedroom and especially if you have difficulty falling asleep. Remember, those computer screens and melatonin suppression keep you awake longer. Absolutely. we talk, We kind of touched on all the fertility and IVF and different fertility stimulation options that exist nowadays. We have so much access. When do you suggest that a couple, if they may be having a little bit of difficulty getting pregnant, start to discuss these options with their OB? You know, so I, I think there's a couple of points here. Um, I, I always did. The definition of infertility is uh, a year of trying to conceive without using contraception and not being able to do so. Mm-hmm. Once you are 36, I shorten that interval six months. Mm-hmm. If you've been trying to conceive for six months and you're unable to do, th- do so, then it's time in both of those scenarios to, to seek an infertility evaluation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always think, to me, the, the adage is true, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I think mm-hmm. it is it is ideal that you sit down with your obstetrician gynecologist and have a discussion about what your fertility desires are when mm-hmm. when you want to uh, potentially mm-hmm. conceive and have a baby and you have a pre-pregnancy counseling session. Mm-hmm. I think that that gives you a good opportunity to evaluate lifestyle factors that can be changed, um, you know, to optimize, you know, health, um, control hypertension, control diabetes, uh, begin to take a prenatal vitamin. I always like my patients to mm-hmm. take one at least two months before conceiving. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I, so I think those are the time frames and the types of appointments I encourage my patients to keep in regards to their fertility. Wonderful. And I think you make some, we had some great points here. I think it came back, the theme that came up the most here was prevention. Prevention, health of the mom, physical health, optimize getting pregnant. Prevention, having that preconception conversation with your OBGYN and really optimizing your chances of getting pregnant when you want to. So Dr. Monica Diaz, thank you so very much for this exceptional conversation on fertility. And again, all of our listeners, Dr. Diaz can be found at Medical City Hospital, which you can find at Medical City hospital.com it's in dallas texas and on facebook as medical city hospital of course tweet me anytime ask me any questions you have about fertility or infertility at dr daria and follow us at ShareCare inc you're listening to ShareCare radio on radio md check us out at sharecareradio.com backslash radio or on itunes and our podcast page thanks for listening 